either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. Marco. And I'm mute. There you go. Muted. I, I also yeah. hear an echo. Echo, 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 echo. You hear an echo? No, I don't. I don't hear it. It's in my head. <laughs> it's in your head. <laughs> Was it yesterday? Yesterday I heard no, birds. But I, yeah, I know. There's an echo. I hear Chloe. That's I hear Chloe. I think we, we both hear that. Hi. <laughs> I brought a guest with me, Mauer Jake. Yes. How's it going? Amazing. Right, and you know what? Yeah. There we go. How are, you, how are you doing, Jake? I can't and complain. Uh, I, I mean, I'm in Vegas, the greatest city in the world. I'm at one of the best uh, conferences here. Everybody's rushing around and <laughs> a nice air-conditioned, quiet suite that we're hanging out in. And that seems so much better. Yeah. You sound very optimistic, very positive. I like it. I like the attitude. I like the attitude. We got to see so, Air Force Two land earlier today. That was pretty cool, right? So, Air Force I know. Two with Kamala Harris, and they closed down the whole strip. That was. <laughs> we yeah. heard about the lockdown. We we uh, we were streaming live during the lockdown. Oh, well, there you go! <laughs> Surprise! The Secret Service yeah. stopped. That's right. <laughs> Block all the airwaves as well. Yeah. No, but but our guest uh, David Rogers, he was locked in the room. He couldn't leave the room apparently because uh, of Kamala being uh, I don't know in the same hotel maybe or very close. So yeah. everybody was like stay in place, locked down. So I'm like, there you go, a little bit of a surprise in uh, in Las Vegas. Yes. Oh, you oh, can always count on that. Yeah. Even I'm upside it. down, I will recognize him anywhere. It's the horn. <laughs> the horn. <laughs> there he is. What's up, Bryson? Nice. Normally, you'd be hanging out with us on the uh, on the uh, patio or balcony or something somewhere. Well, you're missing a lovely view from where we are right now, anyway. Yeah, yeah. I would show you, but now you have to come here next time. 
<laughs> you're, gonna, you're gonna hold the view hostage nice <laughs> yes it's a good sales pitch for y'all to be here next year there we go wow uh, trust well, me we're, trust we're me we're glad you're there and uh keep keeping things moving forward for us what, what's it like jake you're saying that it's kind of like chaotic at the moment yeah, it's like around. everybody, I don't know, they're like this, there's this air of urgency down there this year that I just normally <laughs> don't, like people are, I don't know, it feels like everybody's rushing to get somewhere, and I couldn't figure out where. They're all rushing in different directions. It's, it's for the swag. Is that it's it? It's totally it's, for the swag and free coffee. Like there's free coffee stands all over on the business mm -hmm. hall, so people are overly caffeinated and just <laughs> exactly. running around, and yeah, it's, but I have to admit the one thing that's really interesting about this year is that for black hat on your badges, it also will mark if you have a DEF CON pass. So for the first time ever, we're able to see who's actually going to attend DEF CON at the same time. So that's really exciting and mm -hmm. fun. So you can start having those different conversations and, and really getting to know more about the audience that comes here and to DEF CON. Because yeah. there is that DEF CON crowd and black hat crowd. So now you can actually see where the mix is right in, in between. Yep. The clothes change as the, as you We're shift from one day. Everyone, yeah. it's starting to form. <laughs> That's right. The nail polish. So what's the? I wear black on during death. Yeah. So apart from running around, what's uh, what what what's like to be there? We we heard a few people apart from the excitement to be back on location, but a lot of great talks going on, a lot of great conversation. Uh, we connected with the villages, of course. Uh, Bryson is right there, one of them. And uh, yeah, so what's the feeling like right there? How does it feel? Well, I know on Which our end, of you? You know, we've, we've had a lot of folks floating through and, and chatting about, you know, chatting about product and really looking at, you know, this is one of the first big, I think, other than RSA, right, which you know, has its own crowd, right? Um, but, uh, you know, speaking of different crowds merging, yeah. right? Um, but uh, Shorter RSA, this is like the first big security conference that we've had in a couple of years. I know we had Black Hat last year, but it was a fraction of the, the in-person size. And so I think you're seeing a lot of folks that are getting out trying to explore what does the vendor landscape look like? Um, you know, and, and there are a lot of new names in the vendor hall we've seen and a lot of new, um, you know, I'm seeing folks walking around in t-shirts even, right, with company names that I've never heard of before. And so um, there's a lot of like, who, who are you? What do you do? Right. That kind of feel to it. Um, and I'm seeing a lot of folks, with, you know, networking, exchanging business cards, uh, that kind of stuff. A lot of rebranding too. Yeah. Yeah. Right? It's like new logos. I'm like, who is that? And it's like a brand new logo. Everyone's going minimalist these days. How are the unicorn is still very much alive on the side side. Mm -hmm. Nope. Yeah. You can always count on the unicorn. There we go. There we Perfect. go. The trio. The trio. Well, Red, blue, and purple, of course, right? Yeah. So, of course, of course. Yes, for all the teams. I, I think That's I have my, collect, my collection of uh, three three unicorn stickers. I don't have the shirt yet, but uh, maybe someday I'll, I'll uh, score someday. one of those. Someday. Someday. A day that doesn't end in the morning. People could make that happen for us. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll get your shirt out. No, could be a thing. We'll get your shirt could out. Be, could be a thing. What's, um, oh, go ahead, Chloe. For next year, that would be so much fun. <laughs> What was that? I talked over you. I'm sorry. Oh, oh no. Unicorn stuffed animals. But ones that like dogs can chew because like my dogs are so angry with me that I left them. So coming back with toys, uh, at least make Sherlock a little bit happier than back home. So that's funny. Um, one of the things that people have been saying about us for a number of years is, and it's really the, the guys, not that this isn't a guy-heavy industry, but they're like, unicorns. Well, that's something I'll get for my kids. 
They're like, of course, yeah, you're not gonna <laughs> you don't want to acknowledge well, that the, the unicorn appeals to you. And so we always joke that we, we have the, the lock on the kid market. Um, and then we also did the, the coloring book. So you're just going to help us expand now. We've already got the adults. We've got the kids. Now we're going to bring pets. In yes, you got to, you, you know, so many people now, millennials, Gen Zers, we got dogs. Yes. Is that, I was going to say that you got to make it, you got to make a dog safe, right? You can't just give dogs stuffed oh, no, animals and then, yeah. yeah. I know that. I got two, three one, dogs. One, so. for, one for the person in. One for the the pets, well, one for the pet, and one for the pets person. That's what I was trying to say. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on that rebranding side, it, it, you're 100 percent right on that. Like, yeah, I saw several vendors that I I was like, wow, that's because you know the folks that have like the big booths, right? That have like the mm -hmm. you know it looks like an erector set, right? Where they've got the big, you know, and and you're looking over the logo and you're like, okay, you know that's that's a huge expense, right? It has to be a big company, and it's like. Who is that? And, and you walk over and find out. Oh, it, you, know, you know who it is. They just they just completely changed logos over, right? So yeah, yep. I, I definitely I saw a couple companies mm -hmm. this week so far in the business hall that have like you know mm -hmm. characters or animals or insects, mm -hmm. and they also have photos of things that aren't actually insects or actual types of animals that they've been pushing out as their motto. So it's very interesting to see that in play too. I have not seen that before. Are you talking about, uh, are we allowed to say vendor names here? Well, I, I'm not saying vendor names. Okay, good case, then, then, I won't, but... then I won't either. Okay, never mind, right? There, there are no rules here. But, uh, you're, allowed. <laughs> you're, you're allowed. You're allowed. I'm not going to out, out anybody here. Uh, I will say uh, one that I thought was really interesting. If you recall, HP did the whole uh, Christian Slater Wolf video uh -huh. a couple of years ago, right? And you guys remember this? Where they, uh, you know, no, so they. Uh, I'd be lying if I said I did. Oh, you've got to YouTube this. You are. Look, right. If you've not seen HP's uh, The Wolf video, you are missing. It's a whole series of videos. You're missing out. They had Christian Slater <laughs> come in, and he actually, I don't know how I had to pay him to howl, um, but after he uh, compromises a whole network by by getting into their printer and then pivoting through the network, um, he, uh, and I'm not going to embarrass myself here and go, Anyway, he does it better than I do because he's an actor, right? Um, and I, I, I am not. Um, but uh, at HP's booth, they've got HP Wolf Security this year. And I was like, "Yeah, okay, you've gone all in on that. <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't sure we were going to keep embracing that. But hey, rock on, man. Um, uh, it must sell. They, they must have marketing experts yeah. that said it sells. So. I mean, yeah. animals are still selling. Yeah. And you yeah. I I have to say, and I'm not I'm not going to out the company either. But I already saw posts on on uh, Twitter for the 100 uh, percent prevention. Oh, uh, and I was like, really? Come on. Now. Yeah. Was it that crazy? still going? That nope. can't be. Nobody got the memo there. Nobody yeah. got the memo. <laughs> I mean, we're we're still seeing like that whole dark imagery of hackers too. So if you go to some of the booths, you're like, so tell me. A little bit about what your product does. We keep you safe from hackers. <laughs> My, okay. You probably need to know your audience at this point, too, because nobody walking the black hat vendor hall at all, right, is, is moved by that, right? Like, I get the whole, like, black hat's a little more commercial, right? So, you know, you need to speak to a little bit different audience. But, again, there's nobody walking the vendor hall who's like, oh, yeah, you know what I'm really afraid of is the guy in a dark hoodie in his parents' basement kind of thing. Like, that's not... That, that's just not the image of, yeah, no, anyway. At least this year, I haven't seen any ski masks, so that's cool. Mm -hmm. 
So I think we're positive. We're getting there. Do you know what else? If I can throw something out here that I haven't seen at all, right? Is any attempt at all to skirt the whole booth bay prohibition, which is a we've come a long way, right? I mean, it wasn't, was it 17 or 18 that was finally cut off? And then for years, there were like, pathetically bad attempts, right, to skirt the, there, I didn't see oh, anybody yeah. that I would even think was even remotely trying to do that this year. So that, that's a step in the right direction. That, that is. I, I feel a little bit more welcomed. And I haven't had anyone ask me yet, what time does the food come out or can I get this old fashioned? So I guess I'm winning here, you know, but I would love to see more diversity here. And I know it will happen, you know, I'm hoping by next year, but every year it gets a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And that's good to know because uh, I'm tired of the booth babes because I've had those conversations where someone comes up to you and it's like, oh, how much did you get paid for this? And you're like, ah, yeah. it's painful. So well, is, is that changes. still a thing? It's still a thing this year? Yeah. yeah. Wait, the booth babes? <laughs> yes. No. I mean, like, I didn't see well, no, just the. Well, I mean, it, they're doing it differently. So now they're having booth babes <laughs> at events. Oh, and that Wayne, is definitely still happening. Yeah, yes. that's still happening where they'll like hire like models and others and they'll have them in outfits passing out things at events. So we still see that happening here. Yeah. But that's at least one step removed from like, I feel like you're self-selecting into those events, right? Yeah. Because, and we are definitely not mentioning vendor names now, right? No, but, definitely but not. But we all, anybody who's even a remotely old guard knows who those vendors are who are actively engaging in that and have been actively engaging mm-hmm. in that. So, yeah. Hey, Bryson, I, I just got my size bikini on. What do you think? Oh, my God. <laughs> I'll get that horn. So, uh, um, as you can tell, it's busy. <laughs> and even in the quiet suite, there's That's people right. in here yes. that like to, I don't know what that was. <laughs> um, I cry for attention. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know what? You asked me to <laughs> That would be David Maynard. David, you want to come and say hi to the wonderful people live no, all over the world right now? Claim that this was deep fake. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, there you go. Well, well, nice this year too. Oh. The sketch just came out. Yeah, that's true. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, but I, I'd say another thing that I noticed here in the uh, in the space is that. You know, every year that we come to these security conferences, you can see a theme in the vendor hall, right? Um, and uh, it's, we all know like where vendors have kind of have like their, a particular vendor has kind of their core, uh, what they do, right? Um, but you can see people try to like edge themselves into, you know, kind of corner themselves into a little bit of another market. And cloud security posture management, CSPM has to be one of the big ones. And everybody's like, yeah, we, we augment CSPM, right? We're, and you're not like, how? Right. Like what you, you, you do posture of some variety, right? They're like, no, no, definitely CSPM. And it's like, okay. So that's a big one there. But what that tells me, right. Is that analysts have told those vendors that CSPM is hot mm-hmm. and somewhere. Right. Yeah. So well, I don't think we need an analyst that everybody is going to the cloud. Well, I mean, every class I teach, I'm always asking like how many of you are already in the cloud. And if there's not one hand up, I'm like, is your company currently going to the cloud? And the answer is yes. Oh, of course. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But I mean, we've been doing, cloud first for how many years now, right? I feel like the difference now is everybody's recognizing that whole like hope and pray shared security model may be a little bit, you might need some tooling, right? To go validate your, your security posture, right? So, My risk transference is I bought um, access to the cloud. 
Uh, yeah, <laughs> so. Nice. Well, speaking of that, I, mean, what, I don't know if you've had any conversations um, that maybe define or identify some some trends. Um, I don't know. Do you, I guess my question is, do we see business-oriented conversations, or are we still just around uh, the, the the negative? Here's what the breach will will uh, produce yeah. for you, or what? What are you hearing? I'm well. What I've been hearing a lot is about recession. How do we approach a recession right now, especially you know possibly losing budget, mm-hmm. uh, but also needing to stay secure? What's the most affordable way how to do all of this? So that's been an ongoing thing. Also, you know, companies you know, worried about if they'll get their next round of funds Mm -hmm. at this time because of what's going on. So I think those are some main ones that I've been hearing a lot. And also people are nervous about monkeypox and COVID-19. Those are, those are still up there. Yeah. I'd say regulatory is another big one. I've heard a lot of, you know, because there's not only uh, a lot of, a lot of new regulation over the last, you know, a couple of years, right? Um, there's data, you know, today that, that is is regulated that wasn't two years ago, right? And that's going to continue to grow, um, and and managing that um, and figuring out how to manage that is, is becoming a big challenge for a lot of folks. I've heard a lot of conversations around that, and then the, you know, because that's one of the things. Like, I never have a business leader come down and say, "Hey, Jake, you know." How are you going to handle the EDR software? No, nobody does that, right? Uh, you know, business leaders are coming down and saying, "Hey, um, we've got this contractual requirement around, uh, you know, protecting this regulated data. How are you doing that?" Right. Um, so the, the business folks are, are discussing that a bit, and I think we'll, we'll see that translate, or we already are seeing that translate into, you know, a lot more vendor. Nice. And Bryson, while we have you on, because um, I know you do a lot with uh, a lot of the villages at DefCon. Um, currently, it's Black Hat, but DefCon's right around the corner. And there's a policy. Um, I don't know the policy. policy track. Mm-hmm. And there's a policy village and a, and a thread, right? And and I think there are a number, number of folks involved in that, Bo and, and others. And I'm just wondering, because I know there's a policy for IoT and policy for cars and policy uh, for... ICS, things like that. Uh, what are you hearing? Because what Jake's referring to, I think, is primarily around things like GDPR and CCPA and, and consumer privacy policy. What's going on on the other other threads, if you will? Sure. Well, so Chloe and I are both in uh, speaking on panels at the Policy Village. Um, yes. And while we we tackle discipline specific questions in the, the, the villages at those, Policy, I, I think the overriding theme is around disinformation and election interference. Um, so going back to when we first, um, this really, I think, became um, a public conversation beginning in 2016 um, uh, and then uh, 2020 for obvious reasons um, that are still ongoing. Um, and I think that's part of it is as much this, this challenge of disinformation where part of it is people aren't realizing how or where the manipulation is coming from and then how uh, bifurcated our, our country has become across these fault lines where truth is no longer what brings us together. Yeah, the lies are spreading really fast, especially like on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we have an upcoming election this year. So it's glad, I'm very glad that we're gonna have these type of discussions, you know, this week. So we can start trying to come together as a community to try to come up with some solutions and some ways how we do better on it. And 
Chloe, you're, you're tapped into a lot of things, ESG being one of them. Has yeah. that been, I, I, I might attach that to, uh, to the, the hiring and, and the economic recession. I'll tell you someone's going on. No one talks about ESG and cybersecurity. No? But it, it's the strangest thing ever. You would think that they would at this point, but then also I think that they would be more involved if ESG actually incorporated more cybersecurity. So I think that's one of the things, right? So it's about, we need to find a way to bring those together, but ESG is definitely important. And that's environmental, social, and governance for those that aren't aware of ESG stands for. But lots of, I know for Cyberary side, we have a huge launch in September, um, our impact program. And basically we're gonna be working in the community a lot more to try to make a difference. So I'm very excited about that front. Um, Oh, I forgot to mention. So today we had our big launch for our stock assessments. So if anyone is watching this, come by the Cyberry booth. We also have a you know a glowing bouncy ball. So even though you say you're going to give it to your kids, but let's be real, you're going to keep it yourself. Um, it's the perfect thing. And Tide pens because we all know we're going to make some stains some point this week with coffee and Red Bull and all that. Oh, the Tide pen. That's brilliant, right? Because yeah. that's actually swag I can use instead of something that's going to get. <laughs> environmental right but it's, yeah. it's not something that's going to get thrown away at the end of the conference right yeah. like these lightsabers that people and i'm not naming vendors here these lightsabers that people are running around with they do not put the vendor handing out the lightsabers they, yeah, they but, do not fit in your luggage right um and these things are going to litter the strip um and the i mean that three quarters of the ones they bring here are getting trash before they go yeah. home, right um, so, so anti-esg yeah. It's all, yeah, it's anti yeah. The so, Tide Pen is something that's actually going to get used. Mm-hmm. I love that. Right? It's fantastic. See, that's, that's the way we should do it. We should also be talking about, like, reducing plastic use, too. So one of the things I would say is that a lot of the swag or shirts, you would think that they would be 100% common, but they're not. And that takes about 400 to 1,000 years to decompose. So we have to think these things through whenever we're thinking of what would be a good swag. Think it through. Mm-hmm. All that process, supply chain, right? Supply chain people. I think it's really important. Um, actually, this week, all my outfits are sustainably created and made. So everything that I'm wearing has either been re- made from recycled like materials, or it's something that was. It was also made by people that were paid well to have a proper living. So I decided to go not black this this week. For, and wearing my Doc Martens, but decided to go all sustainable this week in my fashion choices. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Nice. So our, our future unicorns will be biodegradable. Yes. And pet friendly, Marco. Yes. Don't worry. <laughs> and edible. Oh, you could actually. And edible. Unicorn born <laughs> dog shoes. Yeah. There right. we go. There you unicorn go. That's nice. What are dog shoes? Dog shoes. Oh, shoes. Like shoes, right? Yeah, you know, like a. The dog shoes. You know, like greenies. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm on board. Greenies. I thought you said shoes. <laughs> I although trying, I was like, how are we? How is this Unicorn horn dog shoes would be awesome, right? So, <laughs> first you wear the shoes, then you give it to the dog, and the dog eat it. That's great. <laughs> That's full circle right there. And then, right. then you start all over again. So right. let me make a point. I took three, like, few notes here, and I'm putting like down ESG, which I'm very surprised that is not even part of the conversation in the in the vendor hall really blows me away I, I can't believe it but on the other hand they're talking about recession 
but they're giving away swags and all the shit that we've seen for years and years. So I'm like, can we balance this thing? And I, I have a question for, for Jack, maybe. Uh, if somebody comes to you and asks you, um, how can I be secure on a budget? Mm-hmm. What's it, what, where are you going with that? I mean, uh, what, what would be your answer? A lot of it depends on the budget, right? Um, but uh, On a small know, budget. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking pretty small budget, I mean, you know, it's, it's detection engineering, right? Um, it's understand what your threats actually look like and, and how, how actually to detect them. You don't need, I mean, look, lots of expensive tools make it easier. You can do a ton of stuff with Sysmon and Sigma. Um, and uh, that, that's where I'd point folks to first and foremost. Sysmon's free, uh, Sigma's free. There, there are tools built on top of Sigma, right, that, that cost a lot of money. Um, but, uh, you know, Sigma, for those that aren't aware, it's uh, basically like log patterns. In fact, one of the folks over at Scythe, Chris Peacock, um, is uh, one of the core contributors over at Sigma. And so he writes a bunch of the rules. And so that, that's that's where I'd start, right? Because, you know, the Sysmon gathers the telemetry, right? But it's, you're, you're in a sea of telemetry, right? So how do you as a if you're on a budget, you probably don't have the, let's, let's just be real, right? You probably don't have the top tier cybersecurity talent that can go through this just sea of data, right? And pull out the interesting stuff. And th- that's that's where I'd start. And then every penny that I get from there, I'm going to start adding on, you know, with either the detection or blocking. I would say like, there's also some free ways to do better too, which is listen to your security team, which is like one of those, <laughs> it, it seems like common sense at this point where they're like, I don't know why my team is burned out. We'll talk to them, ask them, yeah. how can they do better? Invest in your people. Like, I think that's how it is. We keep doing this thing where we just throw tools and more tools to mm-hmm. people when it's really a human element problem. And we're just basically putting a bandaid over like a very severely deep cut that needs to be stitched up properly so i'm gonna i'm gonna i guess bring out the trifecta here um so um when i hear what you're talking about that's if i can even afford to buy tools or afford to have security people yes right and if i can afford to have a certain level then i can do detection engineering and most businesses in the united states are are neither of those things right they are i have antivirus I probably have a cheap firewall mm-hmm. and the solution that I have for any kind of security is a managed provider. Yep. I have outsourced monitoring. I've outsourced recommendation and I've even outsourced buying because I pretty much just take the catalog or whatever that provider recommends to me. And the one thing I would say is not all of them are created equal. And so do not be afraid to use the contract or have enforcement pieces in the contract or where you can try to bring in some way to measure and assess what you think you're getting and then using that to get something better. That especially. Yeah, that's huge. There's so many like fake cybersecurity companies that are making so oh, much money gosh. and are putting all these companies and their clients at risk. As, as somebody who used to do a ton of incident response, one, that's 100% true. And uh, the incident responders, uh, you know, I, I mean, they're all frustrated by it, but they all hugely benefit from it uh, when those companies protect right yeah. um these uh, these clients and uh, of course that that doesn't really work out right so jake do you spend any time in uh, the arsenal uh, i walked through it earlier i've been up in the site suite most of the day oh yeah 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 so, so i'm just wondering I, my my experience there and obviously i'm not a practitioner and i'm i'm not sitting in the sock but the it seems like there's a lot of innovation from people who want to give back there's a lot of open source tools and even if you're not there to get a tool, just the conversations you can have with some of the folks in there about how they look at problems and how they talk about those problems in their business and how they 
build their team to operate you know, with the tools they have or don't have. Um, so I don't know if it's just, I didn't know if you had any any experience uh, from the arsenal. Yeah, I, I didn't see anything. Like I said, I walked through <laughs> passing through this year, so uh, you know I'm sure I'll be back down there later and, and maybe tomorrow. But um, the uh, I think the thing that I caution on with that relationship building, great. Um, if you're a small team who doesn't have budget or you know that doesn't have budget, and you're looking at like you know open source software to you know, to, to close that gap. The one thing I always caution on is open source is only free if your time has no value, right? So the same teams that have no budget for tools don't have budget for people. They don't have budget to manage these. And, you know, if you go back historically, and this is not a knock on anybody, um, you know, in any way, shape or form, if you go back historically through arsenals of old, um, you know, most of those projects are, are you know, they're, they're a flash in the pan, they're here, and then they're never maintained again. Um, and so, you know, you're, if, if you deploy that as part of your workflow, right? How long does that stay around for? How long is it maintained for? Um, and then bear in mind too, then you have that high switching cost of trying to go research that new solution, right? Again, with generally a small and, and uh, underskilled team. Yeah. Back to sustainability. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I'm glad you said that word because I actually want to turn that the question I have to Jake to to Chloe, and then maybe you know Bryson. I'm, I'm sure you have an opinion on that. I'm not if you want to do, <laughs> if you if you want to do ESG on a budget, where where you start? Because I can understand how people are like God. Now we're spending money on security. Now we got to spend money on ESG. What was coming next? And I think, and that's where I want Bryson in is like, where is the convergence of ESG and security? Maybe right. So let's start with. Where do you start with ESG if you don't have a program at all, Chloe? Yeah, I would say first you should have a point person who will be managing it in a sense, but they need to be familiar with all the different frameworks. There's so many frameworks out there when it comes to ESG. So you want to be able to know which are the right ones. Um, just note that it's going to be a work in progress, but you also need to get your board involved. When you get your board involved, then you're able to actually create progress and actually know where you're going to stand with ESG. So get your board involved. They have to be brought into that conversation to even start that process. Um, but yeah, and having one point person who will learn everything they can about the different frameworks and how reporting works. However, you can always go to an outsider consulting group that can do it for you. So it really does depend on the time and the availability and your budget, but there are options out there. But yeah, ESG is something to get started in. Um, you know, if, if you want to make sure that what you're building as a company is also prepared for what is up ahead such as climate change. What is that gonna to do to your security? What's that gonna do for your product? What about your people? So taking in all those things and having those discussions where you have it planned out is strategically a smarter move for you and for your company to be able to move forward knowing that all these things and chaos is going to occur, but at least you have plans. That's why we have incident response plans, right? Yeah. It's exactly the same thing, is to have those conversations so everyone's on the same page, has goals, and moves forward with it. So and it sounds to me, sorry, Bryson, just one comment, I'm gonna to get to you. If you don't present it together, it's just another thing, right? But if you put it in the same package, it's kind of like business goes with security. Well, it goes with cybersecurity too. So sorry, Bryson, I just wanted to, to nail it on this particular focus. Go for it. No, perfect segue, because I'm gonna 
bring two examples of how to tie it together. So yeah. she mentioned disaster recovery, right? Almost every business has some plan for disaster recovery. I mean, disaster recovery is going to be an increasing problem because of global warming. I mean, I, I don't like calling it climate change. I mean, it is global warming. Yeah. We have we are we are on a path of not change that's going to be possibly good. It is bad and it is going to worse. Um, and so disaster recovery and business continuity planning um, can be where cybersecurity can jump on top of that and say, well, right, we have a piece in that in terms of like incident response mm -hmm. and planning for yep. that. Um, ransomware being an increasingly uh, problematic thing. And I, again, I get to keep patting myself on the back that I was up on stage with Chris Krebs when he was the director of CISA two and a half years ago. And we said ransomware is a coming national crisis. And guess what? It became a national crisis that has affected small, large, Damn you, it has become a kitchen word because of colonial pipeline where it is not a technical word it is something everyone in this country now knows what ransomware is you cannot say that for a lot of things that we do here and so one place to build off of is disaster recovery and business continuity planning to make sure that you're getting the money and the investment that you need to support the business in that the other one that ties back into um, environmentalism is it asset management we think mm -hmm. so much about the start of IT asset management, but how we um, end of life and recycle or dispose of assets, uh, particularly since most computers have a lot of heavy metals yeah. and dangerous components that can leach into the water supply. Um, that That is a key factor that anybody can be doing. And in some cases, you can even see a return out of doing it. So whenever you're looking for financial incentive to make these things more palatable. Yeah, the whole like recycling of of anything is it's not true anymore. Oh, it's never been true actually. We well, don't even have proper plastic recycling here. And then when it comes to computer and electronics, they get shipped off, and then people break it down, and that glue and all these other things goes into them, which isn't good for them either. And goes into your water, like Bryson said. It's it's where we are right now our cybersecurity needs to start tackling and talking about this stuff. And I know that it's still controversial to talk about climate change or global warming, but the reality is it exists. It's happening. The data is there. And we're it's about controversial to, to talk about anything nowadays, yeah. which is even, even the things that shouldn't be controversial, they are, they are controversial. But I, I love what Bryson said and how he can give, by giving an example, is the same thing for security, right? I mean, if you show that you're actually this is an investment, not a cost, that's when you when you really come through on the board. And, and I, again, I'm I'm very surprised that ESG is not part of the conversation this year. There, you know, we just got to get people to understand climate change is real. It's crazy. I talked to so many different <laughs> like board members, and they're like, "That's not a pressing thing." It's like, yeah, it is because no, you're going to locate really? all over. <laughs> You also have like fires happening. Yep. You have lands that are going underwater. Like this is real. And it's it's one of those things that people think it's reversible. It's not reversible. It's right. one of those things that it's just gonna get worse and worse until we start doing something about it. And so we're gonna hit three degrees a lot sooner than we imagine. So we're now looking at if we don't change anything, we're facing like four point five degree Fahrenheit by twenty fifty. Yeah. So what are we doing about it in our industry? We're all about threat intelligence. We're all about making sure that we're ahead of the game. And so it's really getting people to try to convince them that these things are real and they're a real threat. Yep. Is there a different way to look at it? Maybe Jake, maybe you can comment on this. Um, 
because when I'm doing my show, I often try to bring my guests to, all right, so this is the topic, whatever the topic is, uh, threat intelligence or incident response or dealing with ransom, whatever it is. Uh, if we just did something different at the beginning of how we defined our business, how we just set up, what are we trying to do with the business? How are we building out the infrastructure? How are we running the operations? How are we building the apps? What machines are we selecting, right? Those those very upfront left-hand, left-side decisions. If we stop what, I, what I'll coin as DS squared, don't do stupid shit. <laughs> if, we, if we could do that at the beginning, um, which if you're not spending money on things you don't need in the first place, that then cost you money to maintain later on, that then cost you even more from an ESG perspective when you try to retire it. I mean, it just flows through the whole chain. I mean, we talk about it in AppSec all the time, right? So I'm just wondering, is, is there an opportunity to change the way we talk about this? I, I think so. But I mean, I, I do think that there's there's not a market. I mean, we've already identified there's not a market focus on this, right? And so I, I think that in, until there is, um, you know, really a, a market focus and a market differentiator that comes from, you know, having more ESG. And again, a lot of this is, is conversations like this right now um, that we're having, right, where we're talking with folks who may not have heard of ESG before. Um, you know, I think we need to have more of those convos. But, um, you know, I, I mean, people are going to throw stuff at me for saying this, but but cloud first is a thing, right? And and there is a, a real, there is a, a very, very real, uh, you know, uh, uh, economy of scale, right? Not only in the, uh, you know, obviously from a cost standpoint, which is what a lot of folks like to talk about, but but that cost comes from, you know, we think about power, space and cooling, right? Um, and so, you know, if I'm sharing those resources in an AWS or an Azure, um, you know, or, or even GCP, I guess, uh, as opposed to the, uh, you know, as opposed to running those servers, um, you know, bare metal servers myself um, at 0.001 utilization, you know, percent utilization, um, that obviously is, is, is having an environment, a positive environmental impact, right? Um, and so I think something else that a lot of folks don't look at, um, you know, and, and, you know, it's it's that just because I have a, a computer or machine booted, say a small form factor in an office someplace, uh, a lot of folks, you know, look at like, well, nighttime is, is, well, that's maintenance time. Leave your machines on overnight so we can do maintenance. Well, neat, but, right, uh, kind of thing, right? You know, so yes, it makes things more convenient for IT, which if you're patching makes things better for security, but but also flies in the face of, of you know, obviously sustainability. So I think those are a lot of conversations we need to have. And, and one final one, um, and this is actually a really good one here. Um, there's some stuff that requires an agent, and then there's like 99% of stuff that doesn't, right? Um, and uh, every IT person out there is like, please, goodness, not another agent, right? Um, because every one of those, right, is, sta- is taking CPU cycles on uh, CPU cycles translating to heat and power consumption, right, um, on an otherwise idle machine, right? Um, and so, you know, I, I think these are like high level conversations we need to start having. But but ultimately, until there's a market differentiator, until someone in the market says, oh, I actually care about that. Because if you presented me today with two different EDR solutions and one is like, you know, our agent is 10% more sustainable than the other agent, because EDR is something you do need an agent for. Um, but uh, our EDR agent's 10% more sustainable. I, that, that to me is not something that I'm gonna be able to sell a stakeholder on um, you know, as, as a benefit. And until we change that, change that tone, change that conversation, I, I think it's gonna be a harder convo to have. I think it, maybe, maybe what we should do is just first do two things. One is to let people know that even if, so we see, I'll rewind here. There's a lot of tech companies that are here 
that also do have ESG sustainability mm -hmm. reports, however, a lot of them are greenwashing. So in a sense, they're not, they're using it to show off their brand and to really market themselves as caring in the environment. But yes, they're handing out polyester shirts. You know, it's these little things that add up on this front. And also, if you own a Tesla, don't say that you're not doing any pollution or anything like that, that you're sustainable because you drive a Tesla. What's the energy that's going to your car? Is it through fossil fuels? Then you're not doing anything better. So it's, it's one of those things is having these conversations, letting people know there's a thing called greenwashing and that ESG is not to be used for that reason. It was meant to make a difference and to make sure that we have a future in this world and making sure that companies have accountability for what they do to people and to the environment and its animals. Maybe could we have a risk transference conversation? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just spitballing here, but like, yeah. hey, you know, you talked about Tesla, the first thing that hits me there and anytime somebody's like, well, I don't pollute because I have a Tesla. Yeah. And it's like, again, all you're doing, it's pollution transference, right? Is the pollution coming on a tailpipe or the smokestack at the power plant, yeah. right? Um, you know, in the vast majority of cases there, right? And so maybe this is a, um, you know, since we talked about climate change risk, right? Mm -hmm. Is this maybe a risk transference problem, yeah. right? Um, no, I don't know. I've been trying to use language security people. No, no. I, you know, let me let me jump on this because I always think about stuff from, you know, branding perspective, telling story. And I feel like sometimes, even if I completely agree with what you just said about, you know, there are other ways that you're polluting from the window instead of from the door, right? But at the same time, we need to give it a clear picture, I believe, in maybe it's not net zero, or maybe it's not net positive, but maybe it is still better than say, well, screw it. Then I'm just going to drive the big, uh, the big truck, right? So we need to pay attention on how we communicate because if we're always finding the negative aspect of things, then right. we're not, in, you know, we're not even telling people, okay, you know, I remember those campaign back from years ago where like, you know, it's up to you. And I always bring out Smokey the Bear, but even like, okay, just just be recycle a little bit, you know. And we know we're not probably making a big dent, but uh, you know, it, is there a just, balance somewhere? There is. Buy less. Oh my God! Oh. Right, you get to okay. save money. Yes. Right? Isn't that amazing? But yeah, buy less. If you have clothes that have a hole, repair it yourself. When you're buying clothes, yep. make sure that it's good fabric. You can even find, so even if you go to like fast fashion places like H&M or Zara, look at the what's in that product. Look yeah. for 100% kind or look for things that are, you know, linen. You can find these things relatively inexpensive. So no matter how much it can cost you, just note that that is something to keep in mind. And of course, you're not going to ever be able to satisfy everyone. So even if you do buy one product, you don't know if child labor was involved, you don't know like what was the transportation involved or the footprint of that item. So that's the unfortunate, but, but buying less is the best way. And to note that recycle, recycling plastic is not real in this country. So if you're going to get anything and you're like, I'm gonna recycle something and you already have plastic containers, reuse them until you can't use them again. Plastic bags, keep using it until you can't use it again. And that's how it should be formed. Don't be like, oh, I need to go buy all this new stuff to be sustainable. Keep what you have and just make it last longer. And when you do buy something, you know, invest in time and a little bit of energy on what you're buying. I do have to head out, 
But I want to say thank you all for having us. And I'll see you all of tomorrow. Course. Thank you for joining us. Of course. Thank yes. you. This is a great, this is probably my favorite conversation this entire week. <laughs> yeah. Look at thank that. You for bringing sustainability to the forefront. Wow. Maybe. You, hopefully. You know, I, I, I highly encourage this conversation. Yes. So I'm, very, I'm not as passionate as you, but. I'm I'm quite passionate, and thank you for bringing Jake on and Bryce. And I love it. It's it's kind of like being Super there, cool. although it's not. And uh, we'll see you tomorrow. Yeah, and I'll have people on there too. All right, on. All right, so, thanks everyone. All right, bye, Jake. Bye, right. bye, Chloe. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our On Location Conversation. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.